0: Welcome to one more edition of Politics and I'm Berto your host. Today, we honored once again, born and raised in Harris County. Sean grew up with outspoken
1: activist parents. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
0: Parents who marched for civil rights in the '60s and instilled in him a powerful sense of empathy and justice. After his mom tragically succumbed to addiction, Sean stepped up and helped raise his younger siblings. He attended St. Thomas High School graduated from the University of Houston with a bachelor's in American history and later a JD from the Law Center he served as prosecutor with the Harris County District Attorney's office for 11 years including 6 years as the division supervisor of the office's vehicular crimes division where he became a familiar face on local news as we all saw as he personally responded to hundreds of fatal accident scenes folks we're here with Sean Tier Sean how are you doing today my friend
2: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I am doing fine. I'm doing fine. I think this is probably a second or third round, actually third round. Uh, Let me just say that um, first of all, thank you for the for talking to us. Uh, the 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 race is coming to us pretty close right now. Uh, How are Mm -hmm. you feeling about
2: it? I I feel great. Um, I feel energized. Mm -hmm. It's uh, this is my first foray into into being a candidate, and it's Mm -hmm. it's eye opening, but it is uh, it's really it's It's exciting to get out into the different communities and just talk to people and listen to their stories so i I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and you're right. We're getting real close.
0: you've been all over the county as I see now um you've gotten quite a bit of endorsements, my friend it, it, let us hear about some of those i i I, I am I, to put it bluntly, I was even surprised at some that you got go ahead well, please.
2: yeah, every one of them has. Has just humbled me more and, and honored me. Um Commissioner Ellis, Judge Hidalgo. Um, this morning, uh Mayor Sylvester Turner came out. Um Rusty Harden has endorsed me. Um, you know, a, a number of legislatures, Gene Wu, um, John Rosenthal. It, it's just been it's been incredible. Not to mention all of the groups, um, labor, the AFL-CIO has endorsed me. Uh, the LGBTQ plus caucus has endorsed me. Just uh, last week, yeah, I, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Working Families Party. It, there's, there's just been such a groundswell of of support that it 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 really does. It makes me feel amazing.
0: It seems to me like uh, you've you've done a good job in establishing both a grassroots r- rapport, which is necessary, as well as one who can speak to the establishment. I think you need somebody in there who can actually uh, c- can deal with both sides, because that is what uh, all our stakeholders, if you will, and as uh, as as being stakeholders, that's the way it is supposed to be. Now, you've you've centralized on on five specific topics fighting for women's uh, reproductive rights, uh, leading on gun violence prevention, ensuring second chances for those who deserve it, fixing our broken cash bail systems and eliminating the criminal court backlog. First yeah. of all, the middle one that you have there is something that I want to talk about first. It's interesting okay. because, as it turns out, the crime rate is has been for some time undulating and now fallen. And, um, what upsets many of us, specifically those who are progressives, is when crime is used as a bludgeon as opposed to something that needs to be taken care of in an intelligent fashion. We don't everybody who gets uh, faced with crime, the crime rate is a hundred percent For the vast majority of people, they never see crime except to what they see on TV so mm-hmm. my thing is that middle part that you say, ensure second chances for those who deserve it, usually comes with another thing, preventing crime in the first place. Tell me your thoughts
2: on that. that you could not be more right. That, that, is, that is the pinnacle and the pillar of my platform in this, in this one issue. We've got to be smart about how we go about the entire system. When you have people and you that engage in some risky, sometimes criminal behavior, especially on the younger side, I'm talking 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, if you give them a criminal record for a relatively minor offense, you have in all likelihood thrown those people away from being successful, productive members of society. And when you do that, you set them on a path to eventually becoming our worst nightmare, the violent predators on the streets, because really their options are so limited. So we have got to be smart about what we do with those individuals in the first place. The the restorative justice programs that have been implemented in a lot of successful ways around this country need to be brought here. We need to be focused on narcotics possession. We need to be focused on the nonviolent low-level offenders And give them a different path forward. I think a lot of that is going to be partnering with our trade unions. A lot of that's going to be partnering with other community-based stakeholders to give those young people, and quite frankly, not even young people, just people, hope and a different path for a more successful outcome. And we're not going to save them all. We, we can't, but if we save a good percentage of them, if we drop the recidivism rate to a, to a manageable number, now we are being more proactive on the front end. And what that also does is give me and my office and law enforcement as a whole, much more bandwidth and ability to go after those who are really making a career out of, out of violating and preying on the communities. And there's no difference. Uh, the, the crime rate is the same in Fifth Ward, in Sunnyside, in South Houston, as it is in River Oaks. We just police it differently. So we've got to be mindful about the way we go about that as well.
0: You know, uh, the difference between leaders and political demagogues is the, ab- the ability to go to your constituency and, and, and explain to them why you take the positions you take and not try to work on the visceral fear that people normally have. And that is, uh, speak to me about that because I think, I, I think for those who are going to buy the rhetoric from some about
1: crime, I'll be strong. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail.
0: On crime, I'll lock them up and throw away the keys. They don't realize what they're doing for the tax system. They don't realize that the people who vote for that behavior are actually voting to pay more taxes and actually voting for a more violent society. Finish that for me.
2: You, you could not be more right. Um, look, I, we have shown that the broken windows theory of locking everyone up and giving them a criminal record, all it does is delay the inevitable. Because you're going, you're creating the next generation in huge mass quantities of the people who have no other option than to come out and victimize society. That it's been proven time and again that it doesn't work. It makes people feel safer for a little bit, but it doesn't make the community safer in the whole or in the long run. There are ways that are data driven and proven to go about making our society safer. Those are the ways and those are the things that I will and can communicate to our community as a whole. And I promise you, in very short order, we are going to see success because Harris County in Houston is positioned like no other jurisdiction in the entire country. We have one of the most amazing commissioners courts right now. It's comprised of Commissioner Ellis, Commissioner Garcia, Commissioner Briones, and Judge Hidalgo, who know that this is the right way to go. We've got district and county court judges who want to work through this smartly. We've got law enforcement who's on board with this. All we need is someone at the top of the DA's office, the warehouse for all of it, driving the train for true reform, while still keeping us safe, and that's what we're going to do.
0: It is important for the audience at large to understand that many of those who uh, believe in the concept of just throwing the book at folks or just arresting and locking up—they have a vested financial interest in that in in in, in that um, in that method, if you will. Uh, what it, what are the impact of bail bondsmen on our legal system? And tell us a little bit about what you would do as opposed to what your opponent Kim Og would or has
2: well you know the 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 bail bonds industry is one that has profited um off of the backs of poor people for generations there's there's no other way around it um and so i I made a pledge in september uh not to accept a dime from the industry i challenged my opponent to do the same she declined and has subsequently accepted uh, a pretty significant amount of money from that industry She's in their pocket. Um, So she is going to continue to perpetuate those people in that industry from making money off poor people who simply want to get out of jail before they're convicted. I am going to really, really embrace the risk model that has been proven to be the one that shows future danger and risk. And we're going to be asking two very simple questions before we decide whether someone should be released. And that is, are they a continuing danger to the society? And if so, I don't care if they're Warren Buffett or they spent last night under I-10, they don't get out. Or are they a flight risk? Same issues. And if the answer is no to those, then they need to be out until their trial we don't have room in the jail just today it came out that we're paying 50 million dollars to transport people awaiting trial to different jails in different states that's unacceptable so we need to go forward smartly but we also have to have an eye toward people that commit crimes while they're out on bond these the anecdotal stories of someone out on 14 bonds that subsequently commits a murder that's not the judge's fault. The judges don't have a vehicle to hold someone at no bond without the participation of the DA's office. So every time you read that, understand that is the district attorney's fault and her office for not filing what's called an 11b motion to hold that person at no bond. I think we I think exactly you need to,
0: I think you need to repeat that because too often the judges have gotten a whole lot of blame, and the right has come uh, against them for specific reasons. What they're trying to do is eliminate them in court. But likewise, on, uh, they've done so sort of under the tacit acceptance of the DA. So please repeat that. The DA is, ha- has a responsibility if they think a criminal is one that shouldn't be out there to make the case to the judge. Otherwise, Austin is the one who wrote the laws. Right. And Austin and, and- is controlled by a whole different
2: sect of people. That's right. And and the Texas Constitution says that no one can be hold, held without bond pre-trial unless you are charged with capital murder, unless you have been out on bond for an indicted felony and you subsequently commit a new crime. If you do that, then the only way that an individual can be held without another bond is if the district attorney's office files an 11B motion and goes forward on that motion, the judge cannot do do it themselves. And quite frankly, it's not just the Republicans that have attacked the judges for three or four years about this. It is not even the tacit approval of the elected DA. She has been on the front line attacking these judges and shifting the blame from her office to them. wrong it is patently wrong and she should be held accountable
0: and I, I i agree 100 percent that that stuff of shifting the blame where it doesn't belong is it's it's harmful now we have an overcrowding situation in the jail what is your solution to the overcrowding of our jails
2: it surprisingly it's a fairly easy solution it's three parts the first part is we are going to fix the way we accept charges. We're going to get back to a a method of having experienced prosecutors talking to the police on the scene when they're trying to arrest someone and determining whether that arrest should happen. And if it should, helping the officer strengthen the case at the time. We don't have that gatekeeping facility or we don't have that gatekeeping ability right now. We're going to go back to that. That's going to reduce the number of overall filings. Secondly, on the back end, we are going to trust our elected judges. We're not going to scapegoat them. We're not going to attack them. We're going to trust them. And so if someone doesn't want a trial, if they simply want to see what the judge is going to do punishment-wise or guilt-innocence-wise, we're going to let them do it, which means we can turn a lot of these low-level misdemeanor and felonies around where this victim and defendant get their day in court within three to six months, as opposed to three to six years. And that's going to drastically shrink our jail population. And third, we are going to really embrace the narcotics and mental health diversion programs that have been sorely lacking in the current administration's approach to this. And when we stop criminalizing and mental health and criminalizing simple addiction. We're going to have a lot more room in the jail and we're going to have a lot more room in the prosecutor's offices to focus on the cases that matter. Those three pillars are going to be the way that we reduce the jail overcrowding in a drastic way in an incredibly quick period of time.
0: If elected, uh, you will likely be the most powerful enforcer of the law in this state haven't been doing so for the largest county. Uh, one of the things that uh, a district attorney must have is something known as discretion with the law. Very important. Something that we find uh, so far has been lacking. When, uh, when a, a black man who uh, goes to, to uh, vote and is made scared that, well, he was a few months or whatever the case is, Away from voting, and you throw the book at him. It's uh, and and you tr- you try like hell to bring him to justice for something not really done. Where you had the discretion, that's a problem. When you bring charges against officials, and it seemed like the officials that you're constantly haggling with are either uh, of the not majority population, or in the in the case, I know you may not want to talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. It seemed like uh, the the people that get charge of a uh, political stature here or the people of minority hue, if you will, uh, whereas one would have discretion. The DA has often claimed her hands are tied in investigations, but the truth is more complex than that. What is a DA actually required to do versus what the incumbent has done? Like I said, many people have asked me to ask you this, and that is, look, this DA seemed to have a propensity to go after a certain group of folk and let others off, please.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I quite frankly couldn't have said it any better. You, you look at people like that individual who was trying to vote, stood six hours in line and she took him all the way to a grand jury, I believe twice, but over the period of almost a year keeping that individual in limbo for trying to exercise a right. You don't have to do it that way. I've been in that office for 11 years. You don't have to do it that way. Of course, we want the elected district attorney in that office to investigate crimes, but investigations can look any way the DA wants it to look. In that case, it's obvious she wanted to use that, her power as an intimidation tactic against a black man trying to exercise a right. And then you talk about the commissioners. You talk about Judge Hidalgo. You talk about those where she takes them as far as they possibly can, all the way to grand juries and sometimes to some pretty weak indictments. You're exactly right. And I'll take you one step further. Dr. Hassan Gokul, oh, the yes. doctor who is simply trying to inoculate the population in an unprecedented global pandemic, who distributed nine doses of a vaccine to groups of people, nine doses that were going to expire at midnight that night. And instead of giving the man a medal for trying to figure it out, she not only accepted charges, but when the judge found no probable cause, she kept that man in limbo for six months before she finally presented it to a grand jury who did the exact same thing and found no probable cause. Those are all part and parcel of the same issue And you're exactly right. They're all minorities. The one who didn't even get presented to a grand jury, the white man, Jared Woodfill, who very credibly embezzled and stole millions of dollars from his clients. She instructed her prosecutors to sit on that case until the statute of limitations ran without a single presentation to a grand jury. I can't tell you why. I wasn't in inside those decision making points, but it certainly paints a pretty stark contrast and not a very flattering picture of an elected district attorney.
0: And and that is one of the reasons that I, you know, again, uh, I, I I asked this question because a lot of folks who know I was interviewing, you said, please ask this, because this is a problem that we, that we shouldn't be having now um, about the women's issue. Um, I, I, you are the, the, will, would be the district attorney of Harris County. That falls out of the realm specifically of whatever it is that the governor and his pew decides to do. Um, what can you do to make lives easier for those in Harris County who may be persecuted by the state law?
2: Well, when you think about it, we are on the ground. We are ground zero of these draconian laws that they've passed they have criminalized a woman seeking reproductive health care and the top law enforcement officer in the third largest county in the country certainly should and needs to have a position on that so yes this is central to my campaign because i truly believe as a father of two daughters as someone who's been married to my wife for 18 years, I've got nieces, I've got sisters. This is personal to me. I believe that a woman's decision-making on her body is between herself and her doctor, full stop. It certainly shouldn't involve Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, or anyone else in Austin, or law enforcement here in Harris County. I am committed to ensuring that women have the ability to go seek life-saving reproductive health rights without fail, full stop. But what I have to do is investigate anything. And by having to say that, I truly believe that I'm costing women their lives. Women will die Because we cannot say we're not going to prosecute a case. Women are going to either not seek the healthcare provider that they need, or they're going to seek back room, back alley abortions like we're in 1950 again, and we're gonna see women die. So, what I am committed to doing is doing everything in my power and within the law to make sure that women have access. And I will use what is an incredibly large microphone and pulpit by being the elected DA of the third largest county and i'll go be in austin and i will testify and bring more and more notoriety and publicity to this issue and i'll make them tell me no to my face what we have had as the current da is not only someone who hasn't been to austin wants to testify about this issue but also the only elected Democrat in the state of Texas that didn't join in a letter pledging not to prosecute these crimes. Every other one joined except for her.
0: Well, you know, uh, you you got me into uh, getting a bit political with this uh, conversation because, and I want to say this for the audience, you don't need to respond to this, but much of what uh, many find suspect with what the D.A. has done, mostly prosecuting people of not the majority, uh, not going after issues like uh, defending women's right to an abortion uh, and, and 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 going with bondsmen and talking about the exploding crime rate that isn't really the fact and not talking about using fixing crime before people uh, monetize crime. That is exactly Uh, what one would do if they wanted to triangulate in a democratic county by coming over the top with votes from the right. You don't have to comment on that, but uh, that is what's called triangulation. And uh, in a county like this, if we allow that, or if folks in the county allows that to happen, then they would have gotten what they deserve. Anyway, uh, let me go ahead and um, ask a couple more questions. Specifically, sure. um let's what are you going to do about this backlog that we have uh mm-hmm. in in you know because uh, I think the current count uh the current DA had gone to the commissioner's court and wanted to hire a whole bunch of folks in in there but um what would be your solution?
2: Well, My solution to fixing the backlog is part and parcel to what we already talked about, about reducing the jail population. All of that works together. When we stop accepting every single charge that's presented to us, when we work through them in a timely fashion of three, six, nine months, as opposed to three, six, nine years, when we do all of that together with the smart empathetic diversion programs, then you're going to see that backlog shrink just like you see the jail population shrink. And in the same time frame. these are all just ideas that if you went, it's not like I'm a genius coming up with these. If you go talk to any one of the rank and file prosecutors that I've supervised for the last seven years, they tell you exactly the same plan I'm talking about. Everybody wants to see this happen. Every single person in the courthouse, defense attorneys, judges, prosecutors, they all want to. The only person that's not going forward with this smart plan is the current elected DA.
0: It's interesting because it's that's it's not only the right thing to do, but it's also fiscally responsible. It costs the county less money but that the the less money that it costs the county is money not going into the coffers of a whole bunch of plutocrats but we'd leave that alone what would you have liked me to ask you that i didn't
2: Uh, um you know just how excited i am to restore and actually bring competence and integrity to that office All of these plans, all of the things that we've talked about are critically important to everyday citizens of our community. But the thing that no one really understands is how bad it is for the DAs in there right now and how that affects your public safety. We are hemorrhaging good prosecutors. And they're not leaving to go get rich. They're going to Fort Bend. They're going to work for Brian Middleton, who is an amazing leader and a very smart person and somebody I'm going to lean on innumerable times to go about figuring out how to work through this stuff. But they have to feel empowered. And when you have rank and file prosecutors in one of the largest law firms in the state, feel like they're trusted by their by their leadership, feel like they're empowered to do and follow their oath, which is to do the right thing, you're going to see justice be served. You're going to see cases that need to get dismissed, be dismissed because they're not scared of the people above them. You're going to see empathetic diversions be granted by rank and file prosecutors because they're not worried about being thrown to the wolves. All of those things matter more than anything. And at the final part, when we can retain and maintain talent at the DA's office, the really violent bad guys get held accountable. Right now, we're losing more murders than we're winning. That should terrify everyone. I am the leader. I am the person that can do it. And when I'm in that office, the entire county will feel better.
0: Sean Tear, candidate for Harris County District Attorney. It's been my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right.
2: Hey, Bert, thank you so much, man. I'm sure I'll see you soon, and I can't wait to be back on.